welcome to I'm Jealous, hosted by me, Vicki Cato. This podcast tells the story of my journey to finding myself and starting my business. Hello, hello. I am back. It's me. It's Vicki. This is the I'm Jealous podcast. And today we've got a lot of stuff to talk about and catch up on. So we'll start with a little bit of an update on how things are going with me in the business and with the podcast and everything. Um, And then today's topic is going to be all about competition and the competitive analysis that I've been doing over the last week or so. And then we're going to end off with my jelly segment and we're going to talk about who or what it is I'm jealous of this week. Okay, so let's get into it. So I love talking about money and I wanted to make sure that every month we are addressing how much money I'm spending or have spent in the business so far and I kind of missed a month so I think I didn't get to do an update for June yet so I want to go over that just where things stand right now for all of the money I've spent on the business and then specifically what I've spent in June and then I'll also give you a little bit about what I spent so far in July, um, which isn't that much. Well, no, now I'm looking at it. It's a little bit something, something. Um, So yeah, in June, I didn't really have a ton of spending. So, so far to date, I'm at $3,949.03. And that's since I founded this brand in February. I think my first podcast episode was also in February. So since then is when I've been working out um, what kind of a business I'm going to start, settled on Nikato, settled on um, women's fashion and pants specifically. And I've been getting to work since then. So I've spent, you know, it's not a small sum of money, but also I would say it's not as much as I could have spent. Um, The majority of that, I would say, is a lot of research and development. Um, So for my samples, for um, just some other things in terms of... Let me just look here. So contractor and consultant fees so for the different meetings that I've had with some of the consultants um, research and development with some freelancers on Fiverr and Upwork um, a little bit of legal and accounting for incorporation and then uh, a large bulk of it is also for the website development so so far to Miriam I've paid um, I believe it is one thousand dollars so far it's either a thousand or a thousand five hundred but i think i mentioned that i had reached out to Miriam after i realized that things were going to be taking a little bit longer than i had originally anticipated and not only that they were going to be taking longer but that i wanted to have a better um, sense of direction first before moving forward with the website and then also i had decided on doing um a crowdfunding kickstarter campaign hopefully to launch my brand and so getting everything set up with the website right now didn't really make a lot of sense so that was one thing that i feel like i fucked up on is that i really wanted to just okay i'm starting this business 
what are you going to need as an online business? You need a website, right? And so I just was like gung-ho with the whole website, but I didn't really think it through in terms of how does this fit into my overall go-to-market strategy. Um, So yeah, I definitely fucked up with that and I moved too fast in that direction. I shouldn't have, but I think once I realized that that's what I had done, I reached out to Miriam and she was so great. She was like, yeah, no, totally. We can put a hold on things until you have your product, know what you're going to do next and all of that stuff. So I paid all of that money up front and that's with her and she's still going to do my website hopefully in the future. Um, And then I'll pay her the rest once we get started on everything again. Um, So that was the plan for that. So I'm just going to run through before I get sidetracked again. So today I've spent $3,949 in June. I spent um, a little bit of money registering some of my domain names. That was about $50 with Bluehost. Um, As I said, the website development, um, that was a $500 payment in June. And then I had made um, another payment in May. So it looks like it's just so far $1,000 to Miriam. Um, and then I also had um, an e-transfer to my prototype and sample maker, Amanda. So that was $250. And then also for some shipping. Shipping is really expensive, guys. So uh, so far, it's been $50 for shipping. And then I had a few marketing things. Um there, some drawings that I had done um, by someone on Fiverr, so that was $20, and then I had really wanted to, I don't think I've talked about it on here before, but I really wanted to put together some sort of a measuring tape type of thing that was branded, but also eco-friendly, and also would make measuring easier. So that's what I wanted to do. And I had some ideas as to what it would look like. I looked online, I reached out to some people, um, and I wasn't able to find anything that would fit. Um, And a couple of companies didn't even get back to me. So I went on to Fiverr, um, found a freelancer who was willing to use their um, 3D printer to make something, and they did, and he sent it. He was amazing to work with. I would definitely use him again. Um, I believe his name is Jonathan Hiller or Tiller, something like that, but if anyone's curious, let me know when I can put together all of the freelancers I've used on Fiverr. So far, They've really all been great to deal with, even though I have had some issues in terms of me being actually happy at the end of the day with the work has not always been the case, but them themselves have been great to work with and extremely professional. Um, So yeah, there's that. Um, But the actual prototype itself, I wasn't super happy with once I received it. It didn't function the way that I had envisioned it. So it's really hard to have something in your mind and be able to get it out there without having a background in like engineering, design, drawing, that type of thing. So the pictures that I sent and the drawings that I did, they still, it just didn't translate well. So I have this and I paid for it. I think in total I've spent um, not too much on it. I think it's like 20 dollars $30 on this prototype for this measuring tape thing. Um, but I'm just going to scrap it. So 
that's another thing that I've kind of come to terms with for now is that as much as I do want to offer the custom fit option, I think it's going to be a lot more trouble than it's necessarily worth right now to go that way. So I think for now what I'm going to do is focus on providing a really good pant and, you know, really great fits that are adjusted to unique body types and not be as focused on the customer having to provide their custom measurements because for me taking my own measurements when I had to send them to my sample maker it was not easy um, I don't think I did it right and it just wasn't really fun so it's like do I want to put customers through that and would they go through the hassle of doing that right and I'm not sure if they would like me personally I probably wouldn't it's like I have an idea of what I think my size is I like having the option to later on get them tailored and that's something that I'm thinking of as well is that I'm definitely going to use some of the men's suiting techniques that allow you to um, later on get them tailored to better fit you. Um, So some additional seam allowances and things like that. That's what I want to go with as opposed to having you having to provide your measurements and then us having to custom make them for you specifically. So and then also having a really great um, customer service team and return and exchange options and stuff like that. So that's where I'm going with that. So I'm going to scrap the custom fit idea for now, especially after doing this competitive analysis, which we're going to talk about a little bit more it was really interesting to see how these companies were able to create and like create a platform where you can easily take your measurements. Um, they have apps to do it. You can put your photo in and like front and back pictures, and they can basically um, measure you. And so I think that's something more what I was thinking, and I would want it to be that easy, but because. The technology is already out there and I don't have that technology um, and I'm not willing to pay for that technology right now. Um, I'm just going to have to find a way around that and that's what I've decided on is that I'm going to find a way around it instead of being another company that's offering that same thing, right? Um, so yeah, so that was just a little bit of a blurb on this measuring tape thing that cost me you know, 20 to 30 bucks these last couple of months. Um, The other thing that I paid for, and this is actually getting into July now, is um, a subscription fee for Canva. So I'm sure everybody knows Canva, C-A-N-V-A. It's an amazing, amazing tool that you can use for free. They have so many things that you can play around with. I don't know, like, I don't know if you remember when we were kids, there were these, like, I don't even know if it was in, like, Microsoft is it Microsoft Paint or something like that where that there is something like that where you can go in and like you can color and draw things and like that type of thing it's basically like that but taken to the next level where they have some things that are templates that it's so easy for you to like drag and drop pictures and videos and you know different fonts and you can make things um, move and their sound it's just so great but they have the regular free um, plan which has a lot of things included but then they also have um, a premium option which you can try out for free for 30 days which I did and I really enjoyed it and I think the 
reason why I had initially wanted to do um, the premium option was because it gives you um, a brand kit. And in the brand kit, you can kind of say like, okay, these are my brand colors and I want these brand colors to kind of follow me wherever I go in Canva. And obviously you can just write down your brand colors and not have to have this brand kit that they provide you with, but it makes it a lot easier because it's like, okay, I know that this green number one, two, three, four, five is my green. So when I'm putting something together, it's automatically going to come up and I can click on it and it's going to just change whatever the thing is to my shade of green without me having to go in and search for it and put it in. So that's why I had originally wanted it. And then once I was playing around in there during the 30 day free trial, I found all of these other really cool templates that once you have the premium subscription, you can use all of these really great um, like tools. I'm not sure if the background remover is premium or not, but the background remover for like photos and stuff, it just makes it look so professional. So even someone like me who is very much not a professional, you can put in a photo of you just like sitting on your bed and you can see like my headboard behind me or you can see the chair that I'm sitting in behind me and then using this tool it will take that out so whatever is behind you is gone and it's just you and then you can put in some sort of really cool background and yeah it's just a really cool platform to use so I paid $150 Canadian for that um, and it was well worth it. It's for the full year and I probably will, you know, renew it next year. I don't see why I wouldn't. Um, I like having it and I like that, you know, you can't really tell a difference between the things that are free and the things that are part of the paid um, plan. They're all really great. So I don't think that should be a worry to anyone who is maybe just starting and is thinking about it. Like I would say, if you're tight on money, don't go for the premium. It's not really necessary. It's just something that I have a hard enough time already with this kind of thing and with using Canva um, that I just wanted to make it easier for myself where it's like, okay, let me have this brand kit and let it follow me around with my fonts and stuff like that just to make it easier for myself. So, But no worries if you don't have the money. The free option is amazing too. Um, so that was $150 and then some more shipping because Amanda is sending me my prototypes today. So that's another update is that I went back and forth with Amanda and I'm going to have, originally the plan was to have the um, dressier option and the more casual option both done together and sent to me at the same time. But then she was like, you know what, I think we should start with just one before I cut the second because if there's going to be any changes to the fit of the first one, I think we should nail that down and then move on to the second one so that we're not wasting anything. Um, so that made complete sense to me and I'm glad she brought that up. And so she's just sending me one sample for now. It's on its way. Hopefully I should have it in the next week or so. And then once we have that nailed down, then we can move on to the next one. So the first prototype that she had sent me, God, it's probably been like three weeks now or so since she sent it. Um, it was too tight. And so I'm hoping that this one will fit a lot better and that the changes that we might have to make will be more 
like smaller changes where it's like these are great pants and I'm happy with them right now. Um, so we'll see what happens when they get here. I'm really, really, really excited to see them. Um, the other thing I spent money on was my sample yardage. So, oh, I'm so excited that I got my sample yardage ordered because Kendor is actually shutting down for two weeks or 10 days in August, the beginning of August. I believe it's to do their inventory count, but I'm, I might be confusing that with my like my day job we also have an august year end i believe kendor's year end is maybe july so they wanted to make sure you have all of your orders in prior to that and then they're going to be shutting down for a week or so in july so that they can do their inventory count i think that is the reasoning behind why they are not going to be taking orders um at the end of july for I think it's a week, maybe two weeks, maybe 10 days, something like that. So when I heard that, I freaked out a little bit and I made sure to get my order in. Um, and then Holly said that they were completely swamped. So many people wanted to try to get their orders in under the wire. So it took a little bit longer. Um, when she originally emailed me, she had said that it would be like a two to four business day wait for them to actually ship it out. Um, and I waited about a week, so maybe like five business days. Um, and I hadn't heard for, from her. So I emailed her and I was just like, Hey, I wanted to touch base and see, you know, what's going on with my order and just make sure I didn't miss anything. And she was like, oh yeah you know I'm sorry we're just so busy right now but your order is being shipped today so it's been sent out and you know I'm excited I'm very very excited to see everything oh but that was the other thing so I'm not sure if I mentioned it before but I was really struggling in terms of should I have the sample yardage sent here to Calgary or to directly to my sample maker Amanda in Toronto and so I was going back and forth about it and it just made more sense to me that because Kendor is getting their commercial rates for shipping. So to ship that sample yardage directly to Amanda is going to cost me $50 versus had they shipped it to me here in Calgary, it probably would have been half that. But then I would have to ship everything to Amanda and it would have been double that right? So I feel like I am sending money by having or saving money by just having it sent directly to Amanda. So that's my thinking, even though I'm so dying to like, see how it comes packaged and, you know, see what all the fabric looks like and all of that stuff. I just think it's wiser to have everything go to Amanda. She said that she would do some quality control checks to make sure that the order is good when she gets it. Um, and she'll check everything through and you know when I do receive my actual like production fabric order um, it's probably going to go directly to Kems who's going to be doing the production hopefully um, so I probably won't see that either but anything that is excess from um, the samples that Amanda makes for me of course she's going to be sending it to me so I will still see the fabric and how it comes one way or another either when Amanda sends it to me later on or um, when it gets sent to Kim's and I'll go there and I'll take a look at it but you know I think it just made more sense for it to go to Amanda and then I'll see the fabric when she makes it into pants um, so yeah I'm really excited about that that was really you know, a big deal. And that was $500 for, I ended up going with four different types of fabric and I did seven meters of each fabric and it came to $500 including um, shipping. So 
definitely not cheap. Um, we'll see how many samples I get out of that, but I wanted to make sure to have different options and at different price points, and then I could see the feel and the look of all of them and then kind of decide from there. And then also, you know, look at the cost as well to see if the cost makes sense for what the fabric is as well. So yeah, that was definitely a really big and exciting thing that happened. And then the other thing that I just spent money on here recently, like a couple days ago, is on a viral content template. And it was $38.76, almost 40 bucks Canadian. Um, it's $30 US and then 40 bucks Canadian almost. Um, there's, a, and I'm going to talk about her more, there's something called the IG Academy because I'm sure I mentioned I struggle with social media. I struggle with a lot of different things, but social media is really tough for me. Canva is tough for me. And so trying to like create a brand that looks professional on social media because that is how I'm going to be engaging with potential customers. Um, I wanted to have some help in that area. And marketing is something that I am so like a fish out of water like I just don't get it as much as I appreciate it and I love beautiful things I think I just take it for granted and how to actually create that is harder than I had imagined so I found these people um the IG Academy and they have some templates and they were doing like a introductory offer um for now but it's regularly like I think two or three times the price that they charged for it. And at first I was like, okay, yeah, sure, you're going to increase the price. But they did increase the price. <laughs> so when I first actually went and looked at it, they were offering it for like, okay, $10, but this is an introductory rate. We're only doing it for this week. And then the price is going to go up. And they're like, you know, the regular price of this is $100. We are only doing it for this week for these people who get in early, da, 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 da. But you see that all the time and everybody knows that that's what's happening. I mean, there's that whole scarcity thing. It makes, oh my God, I need to buy this now. But in reality, you know, like, fuck that. It's on sale. It's always going to be on sale because that's the true value of it, right? Especially for these like online products like ebooks or courses or whatever, right? Like they're making money hand over fist because they've already done the work. It's something that's already done and packaged and ready to go. Um, so it's a digital asset that's not, they don't have to worry about like paying the raw material costs or anything like that, right? So they can really make it any price they want. But of course, if people are going to buy it for $100 and they're going to sell it for $100. So when I saw that they were first offering it for 10, I did not think that they were planning to actually increase it soon. And then I went again, because at first they have like these, um, free webinars and stuff that you can take which are so helpful i'm so glad i did it um and then i wanted to watch another one so i went the next day to watch another one and i was like oh let me see the offer again and see what's included and all that stuff and then i noticed that it was like twice the price that they were offering yesterday i was like what the fuck i should have bought it yesterday when it was half this price and i was like and it's still cheap i mean 40 dollars for all of the content that they provide I think it's really worth it. And honestly, even just the free webinars that they offered, I would have paid $40 for. So I mean, it it is what it is. I'm happy with my purchase. And they also have um, a Facebook group. 
and I'm getting off topic a little bit and I'm probably going to talk about this again but they have a Facebook group and it was it's amazing I'm part of it and I'm really happy with it so money well spent so yeah all in all I'm four thousand dollars you know in at this point and I've still got a lot more to go of course when I have to start doing my production and get more fabric it's just going to start climbing 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 um, but that's where things are at right now in terms of money and um, that takes us into July so we'll see where I end up at the end of July but I'm thinking that's probably where I'll be and I'm thinking in August um, is when I'm going to see another big bump up in the spending because I've paid for the first half of my samples now for two of them um, I'm going to be I'm going to be paying for the other half probably in the next couple of weeks so in august probably and then i'm going to be paying for more samples as well so it's going to be really starting to kick off here in august um but yeah that's the update on the money the other thing that i wanted to mention um is that jesse is back <laughs> this has been like answered prayers i was so so happy um, I might have already recorded something of just my joy when I got her email because there were a lot of points in this journey where I have wanted to reach back out to Jesse. And for anyone who's new, Jesse is a freelancer that I found on Fiverr who is in Vancouver. She has her own business helping fashion brands, you know, in big companies and startups. So she's very very talented very well trained and just also super nice like just a really great personality and you can tell she just wants to help like she didn't charge me for her time she gave me a lot of good information and good feedback and just did it because she wanted to like she didn't charge me anything which I thought was amazing and her aesthetic is one that I really appreciate as well like if you check out her website which is Safa Designs um, it's beautiful her website is beautiful the work that she's done is beautiful and she just seems like a really good person and so I was really disappointed when it ended up being that we weren't able to work together because she had some um, personal issues that she needed to take care of so I had signed all of the documents and the contracts and I was thinking okay we're going to do some trend research and then you're going to help me with the tech packs and then we're going to you know she was going to be kind of like my wing woman just kind of walking me through this whole process um but yeah, just because stuff came up with her life, her personal life, she wasn't able to, you know, do all that stuff with me. So I've kind of just been figuring it out on my own, which has been great. You know, I had some designs made um, by a freelancer on Fiverr and they were good. I just don't think they were exactly what I had in mind. And not only that, but I have changed a lot in the last few months in terms of what it is I want to do with this brand and with these pants. So I think now I'll be better able to speak to my vision um, better than I would have been able to a few months ago. So I think it actually worked out well because now I have the time and, you know, the experience behind me to know the kinds of things that I do and don't want. And then also the strategy and competitive analysis that I've done has kind of led me in a different direction as well. Because when I first talked to Jesse, I was very much like, I'm doing workwear, that's all I want to do. Maybe we'll have like some joggers or something more casual. And she had she had brought up that, you know, 
with COVID and the pandemic and a lot of people moving to like work from home, like, do you really think that there is going to be a place for, you know, women's dress pants? And, you know, we talked about it and I was very adamant that like, I do think there is because for me as an accountant, I'm always going to need dress pants. That's not even a question, right? Um, I'm gonna all like, maybe not every day go into the office, but for most people, you will have to go into the office once in a while. And when you do, you want to show up looking good. And looking good for a lot of people means wearing dress pants. So I did talk to her about it. And now I'm definitely more open to the casual all day, every day option. And I think that's where my focus is going to be. So even just that like little change or pivot, I feel like when I do meet with Jesse, we are going to be able to be a lot more focused and targeted, and I feel a lot better about my idea. And of course, all of this can change. Like I'm saying this now where it's like, yes, I know that I don't want to be so, you know, workwear focused, but once I put it out into the market, we'll see what people have to say about it. And and maybe my original thought where like, no, everybody wants dress pants, maybe that's actually correct. And, you know, I'll find that we're getting a lot more requests for dress pants than we are for the casual pants. But there's only one way to find out, and that's to put it out there and see what people say. So this is getting me to that point where I'm going to have samples um, that I can put out there and get feedback on and start selling or pre-selling and then see how well it does. Um, so this whole thing with Jessie is honestly answered prayers. And I told her that when I received her email, her email was just so out of the blue and it just warmed my heart because it's just like, hey, Vicky, I just wanted to see how you're doing and check in with you and just let you know that, you know, I do have the capacity now to take on some additional work. So, you know, if you still need help, let me know. And she was also like, if you just want to chat, like, you know, just for just for free. She didn't say for free, but she said it in a very nice way. But like, if you just want to chat about your business, like I would love to just listen. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so nice. I love you, Jesse. <laughs> So I'm excited. I'm going to be meeting with her uh, next week on, I believe it is Wednesday that we're going to be meeting. And yeah, I'm excited to talk to her and just like, you know, catch up and touch base and then kind of go from there. My hope is that because I already have the samples started, my hope is that I can kind of send her pictures of that and then she can kind of work that into the whole collection and that she'll be able to still do tech packs for the sample and sketches as well for the whole collection of pants and it will be a little bit more of like a professional sort of package. So yeah, that's my hope. That's what I'm looking forward to in terms of Jesse. So that's a big a big, big win, something that, yeah, answered prayers. I'm just so happy for it because I I really thought that I was going to have to kind of figure all of this out on my own, but just knowing that I have someone like her that's local, that is just a kind, wonderful human being, I just feel a lot better about things because I know that not only is she super smart and talented, but that she really does want to see me succeed. So that was just, yeah, so great. So, so great just happy now thinking about it like when those things happen where it's like oh my god I needed this it just feels so good like like the universe is seeing your tears and being like hey don't worry babe I got you like you don't have to be so upset like I'm gonna send you someone I'm gonna send you this angel and it's gonna be okay like that's how I felt so that's how I still feel to be honest with you so I'm feeling good right now 
Um, I think that's basically it for the updates in the business. Uh, Let me just double check because I did make some notes. Order, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this isn't really that much of an update, but TikTok is a fail. I need to figure shit out with TikTok because it's not my jam. I don't enjoy spending time on it and I don't enjoy recording stuff on it. So I I, I don't know what I'm going to do there, but that is an update. I'll figure it out. Um, Prototype is on its way. Saltuvia, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think that's it. So after this quick break, we are going to talk about my competitors or at least talk about the competitive analysis that I did. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, hang tight. We'll be right back. Oh, hello. I'm back again. I was just thinking because I've learned so much in just like the last day in the last few hours um and I just wanted to share it before I move on to the next thing but last week we were talking about strategy and how important strategy is and how I really didn't feel like there was enough you know information out there in regards to when you are starting a new business how to determine what your strategy is and something that I just learned recently is that Your strategy is going to have everything to do with your ideal customer. So whatever your buyer persona is, that is going to drive your strategy in terms of how you're going to reach your customer, how you're going to connect with them, and how you're going to build your brand and build your business. So that's something that I just learned and I feel like that's kind of eye-opening for me is that that is the starting point and I think I had thought a lot about my ideal customer but I don't think I understood the connection between that and strategy but they are linked that is going to be the connection so once i feel really confident in terms of who my ideal customer is then that's going to drive the strategy and i know i had talked about how just recently after doing some competitive research i've kind of decided that i want to um focus my focus my business and my brand on sort of a younger demographic and which I still am planning to do but I think even more than that um this oh I'm I'm going to talk more about this when I go over social media in the next few episodes but I found this really wonderful wonderful like marketing guru and she was talking about how one of the key aspects of your customer is not going to be just like demographic profile in terms of like her age, her location, her race or ethnicity, her, you know, and for me, like height, like tall women, it's not going to be just that. It's going to be driven a lot by what her interests are. What does she do for fun? What shows does she watch? What music does she listen to? You know, where does she hang out? What brands is she, you know, really connected to and drawn to? And that's going to 
help you to connect with her more because you know her interests and you can find her in those places, right? And so I've just been really doing a deep dive in terms of like the interests of my target demographic or my target market, I should say. And I just feel like I have a lot more clarity because of it. Like I've been working on this. I woke up today at six, um, gave my dog his heart medication, and then we went for a walk. So I probably got back into the house around seven. And from seven until it's nine o'clock at night right now, I've been doing this with customer persona, interests, brainstorming, that kind of thing. And I just feel really pumped about it. Like I feel like I have a lot better sense of direction. So, and this kind of piggybacks off of what we talked about last week. So I just really wanted to share that and get that kind of out there right at the beginning of this episode. So strategy, super important, and it's tied to your customer persona. So eye-opening revelation I'm sure a lot of people probably already knew that um, but I didn't and I mean it's funny because as an accountant going through the CPA program we do so much case analysis and like you know advising of small business owners and stuff like that but we don't really spend a lot of time on marketing and like and I feel like marketing sometimes or maybe it's just me because I am from a more technical background where I often see it as being a little bit more frilly and like woo woo, but it's so important. Like it is critical. Marketing and sales are critical in order for your business to be anything, right? You can have the best product, but if no one knows about it, or if you haven't reached out to them to get feedback, to make it a better, a better product, then it's all for nothing, right? So I just feel like I'm learning a lot here just through, I mean, Google, Instagram, Facebook, um, Eventbrite, just a whole bunch of different avenues, newsletters that I've signed up for, and then I start clicking, and then I'm here, and I'm, you know, looking at this person's page, and next thing you know, I'm all of a sudden here. So you never know what is going to lead you to that aha moment. So just be open and just keep trying is what I would say to you and what I would say to myself too, is that, you know, I feel like I'm constantly like being hit and inundated with so much information. And sometimes it's definitely an overload. But at the same time, because of that, I've been able to, you know, find such incredible information and most of which has been free. Um, So it's out there. It's out there if you're willing to do the digging um, and go down some deep, weird rabbit holes. Um, it's out there. So yeah, I've definitely just learned so much in this last little bit and just wanted to share um, before we start moving on to our next topic, which is going to be competition. Um, yeah, so just wanted to share that with you. Okay, please forgive me. I just ran up the stairs. <laughs> I don't know why I'm recording right now because I just ran up the stairs. So I just have to like catch my breath, moving things around, putting another one in the laundry. And we're in a townhouse. So it's like three flights of stairs up and down. Yeah, it's it's a lot. God, I'm getting old. Okay, so anyways, competition. Today's topic, which I feel like competition and strategy go hand in hand. Um, 
and it's hard to kind of I'm so sorry if you can hear Baxter in the background I I don't know what to do (laughs) he just is constantly right by me and I love him and he loves me and so it's hard for me to tell him to like fuck off so he's just right here you know he's going back and forth between his water bowl and his food bowl and he likes to toss his food bowl over so you're gonna hear that I'm sorry I'm very very sorry okay so competition I think there are kind of two schools of thought in terms of competition when you're starting a business or a brand and I think some people and this is the way that I've always thought some people say you have to know your competition and know them well like you should be like you should know exactly what's going on on the other side of the fence like what are they doing who are they talking to who are they using like you should be very tuned into your competition and how they are potentially serving your would-be customers right so I think that's what I was always taught and because of that I think I was reluctant to want to take a deep dive into my competition because just the idea of like seeing all of the cool and amazing stuff that you know my competitors are doing and even calling them my competitors it's like who am I they're not my competitors they're they're doing their thing and I'm trying to steal some of their customers essentially is the way that I look at it but the thing is is that in in doing a deep dive into my competitors it just made me feel makes me feel just like so tiny and so just like I have no idea what's going on because they're doing so much and like how am I supposed to actually compete with them it just feels impossible right so because of that, I was kind of staying away from seeing what other brands were doing. And especially in terms of my target consumer, and especially in terms of (laughs) my, what I thought was going to be my unique selling proposition with the whole custom fit option, I just, it would terrify me to see what other companies were doing in that space. And so I was reluctant to do it when I first started. I remember when I talked to Diana and she brought up like, hey, you say that there aren't a lot of pants for tall women, but hey, look at all of these brands that I've just found just by a quick Google search. And it's like, yes, I know those brands. I'm well aware of them, but a lot of them aren't, you know, local Canadian or American brands. A lot of them are in the UK and Australia. Um, A lot of them you have to pay customs and duties on, you know, and things like that. So because of that, I think that originally just made me like fearful, like, okay, I am entering into a market where there are other people out there that are doing the same thing that I'm doing. So what makes me special and what makes people, you know, drawn to me? Why will they want to buy from me? And it just made me want to kind of like stick my head in the sand which I did, (laughs) which I did up until a little while ago when I was like, okay, I need to just like hold my nose and I just need to do this. I need to see what's out there. I need to see what other companies are doing custom fit options and I need to see how I'm going to compete with them because the thing that keeps sticking in my head is Guy Raz and his book and him saying, you got to get in through the side door. And so in looking at my competitors, 
I'm not trying to see like, okay, what are they doing that I'm going to do better? Because honestly, as a small company, not even a, as an, it's not even small, as a basically non-existent company, how am I going to compete with them? It's like, I can't compete with them, right? So I need to find a way to get in through the side door and not actually be competing head to head with them. I have to be doing something different completely. So that's what I'm trying to figure out in doing the competitive analysis that I have is that, you know, what are they doing and how can I do something that's not the complete same thing that's a little bit different so that I won't be pitted up against them. So that's kind of what I'm looking at now and I've done a lot of research and I've put together a spreadsheet of kind of the big names that came up and then also some of the smaller names as well um, that seem to have really cool offerings and then just trying to figure out what are they offering and what can I do that's going to be a little bit different and so that's where I kind of came to the understanding that maybe because a lot of these custom fit options are really catered to, you know, women's workwear and suiting that maybe if I go in a different direction so that it's not just workwear, so that it's more casual options, um, maybe that's where I can make space for myself. So that's what I've been looking at. And I did start off by saying that there are kind of two schools of thought and the one being that you got to know what your competitor is doing and the other one being, um, which I really had not known about very much, but Candice from Buttercream Clothing, what she had said is she's like, I don't spend a lot of time or energy thinking about or looking at my competitors. And I was like, huh, like that's interesting. And I'm sure because she's very smart and very savvy and I'm sure that she looked into it at the beginning. But I think once you have established yourself and your community and your brand, you know what you're offering that's different from your competitors. And even if someone comes out with, you know, a shirt that is almost identical to one that you're offering, you don't have to worry about your customers going there because you're not just selling that shirt, right? Like you're selling your brand, you're selling what it stands for, you're selling your customer service, you know, you're offering a lot more than just that piece of clothing. So I think that's what Candace was getting at in terms of not paying so much attention to her competitors. And I feel like once I get to the point where I am an established brand and I've been around for a few years and I know my niche, I know my customers and they know me, then I won't have to worry about my competitors very much because it's like, no, the, these are my people. This is my tribe. And no matter what you do, they're going to stick with me because, you know, they fucking love me and they want to support me, right? Because when you spend your money on something, not all the time, but sometimes it's not just spending your money on that thing, but it is also because you want to support that person, that brand, right? And so I think once I get to that point, I won't be worrying so much about competitors. But for now, for starting off, it is important that I look at my competitors and see how I compare to them and see how I'm going to make myself different and set myself apart from them. So this whole discussion about competitors, it really is so linked to the whole strategy idea as well, because knowing who my competitors are, it's going to make it easier for me to establish that strategy and really stick to it because 
before I started looking at my competitors, I didn't really, maybe I didn't really fully understand the whole idea of having a strategy, but I think now with the knowledge that I have of my competitors in women's clothing, specifically in custom fit women's clothing, specifically in tall women's clothing, for all of those things, I feel like now I know who the competitors are, so I know how I can be different from them. And the other thing too with that is that the number one thing, the number one focus is always going to be the customer, right? And that is going to dictate who my competitors are and it's going to dictate my strategy. And I think that's something that I've just recently learned is that they do go hand in hand. Like my competitor and my customer, those are two things that I do have to keep an eye out on because I need to know who my customer is so I know who really my competitor is. Because if my customer is someone who, you know, is a working woman that, you know, make six figures, I'm going to have a very different competitor than I would if she was someone who, you know, is making $30,000 a year, right? Like those are completely different ballparks. And so I need to be aware of who my customer is in order to know who my competitor is. So I'm just wrapping my brain around all of that stuff. And it's been really eye-opening for me. And it's going to help me in deciding at the end of the day, the types of finishes that I have for my clothing. Because if I'm deciding that my target customer is making $30,000 a year, then I can't be selling her, you know, a $100 pair of pants because she's not going to want them, right? So everything is coming back to my customer. And that makes complete sense to me. This is all for her to add value to her, to make her feel happy. So I need to make sure that that's my number one focus at all times. And the more accustomed I get to that, it's making things easier to know, like, will this work or won't this work? You know, when I think about my customer, it makes answering that question a lot easier. So that's been really like eye-opening. And I'm so glad that I've learned that now. It's taken me a long time. And I don't know why I didn't really think about it more Because they always say that, like, oh, who is your target customer? Who is your customer persona? All that stuff. But I don't think that a lot of people talk about the link between that and your strategy and your success. Because without really knowing who your customer is, it's you're dead in the water is what I feel like. So I'm excited to dive into my customer persona more and that's been something that I've been spending a lot of time on recently and it's really going to help me figure out my competitors more and really do this competitive analysis even better because right now I have like a spreadsheet that I put together of all of the names and kind of just my initial thoughts are they on the higher end the lower end what's their price point where are they located Um, what kind of offerings do they have like how many different types of like pants and styles do they have and then just like a just the basic vibe too like are they younger are they trendy are they boho are they this are they that right and then I can try to be very clear in how I'm different from them because even something as like small some would say small as to like what are her hobbies like 
is she someone who is very athletic in terms of my customer? Because if that's my customer, if she's someone who is super athletic, then I'm going to have a different way of marketing towards her and everything is going to have to kind of speak to that part of her. Whereas if she's someone like me who does not really care for sports, then seeing someone who is holding a basketball in an ad campaign isn't going to resonate with her, right? So that's where I'm trying to figure out like, okay, what are her hobbies? What does she do? How can I speak to her? And I've been kind of like going back and forth on a few different ideas. And I'm going to talk about them a little bit more once I've kind of fleshed them out a little bit. But I'm working through that part of things because that is so critical to know who is she as like a whole person so that I can talk to her and I can offer her, you know, an idea, an image, a lifestyle where she feels like she fits in, right? Because the pants are going to fit because they're amazing pants. But aside from that, I want her to feel like, okay, that's a world that I can fit in. Because that was one of the really interesting things too about when I did do my survey and the results that I got back, it was eye-opening that a lot of women, when they are shopping online, that's really something that they're looking at is like, do I see people who look like me on this website? And it's something that I've looked at before too. I remember when um, American Eagle first came out with one of their ad campaigns. I think it was Aerie, like their um, lingerie and swimsuit line uh, brand. And you could see like the stretch marks on the women and like the cellulite. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like I've never in my life seen like normal looking women. And they weren't like, because even plus size models, I feel like usually have amazing bodies. Like technically, yes, they're plus size, but they are a model who just happens to be a little bit bigger. So like all of the fat is in the right places and everything is smooth and beautiful and you know, still tall and leggy and the proportions are perfect, like all of that stuff. But I I don't look like that. And so seeing someone who is maybe plus size and curvy, but like doesn't have that perfect hourglass shape, who has some lumps and bumps and, you know, some cellulite and some stretch marks, it's just like, oh, thank God. And, and she looks cute. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, I'm not a dog. Like, I'm not, and no offense to dogs, Max, I love you. I'm not like, you know, I'm not some awful looking person. I just don't look like a model. And I think that's the thing where it's like, I feel cute and I feel like I look good, even if, you know, maybe I'm technically not, you know, a model or everybody's cup of tea. And so I think seeing more things like that. And I saw something recently um, about, I think it was Sports Illustrated swimsuit models. It's either that or Victoria's Secret. And like all of their models were like different sizes, differently abled. And just like, yeah, it was just really cool to see that. And that's the thing. It's like when you see people that look different, I, I don't know about you, but me, I'm never thinking of, oh, barf, that person looks awful. It's just very interesting. Like people watching in a place where 
everyone looks like a model like that's not fun people watching is fun when you see people who look different where it's like oh wow like look at how that person put that together or that person looks like you know they spend a lot of time you know I don't know playing Dungeons and Dragons like something you know where it's just like you just get that vibe from someone um that person is a goth that like just seeing everybody who's a little bit different like that's what makes the world fun so I don't want to ever have a brand where there's only one type of woman who can see herself in that brand I want it to be very much like you know all different races, ethnicities, heights, colors, like everything. I just want everybody to feel like, hey, you know, this is a place where I can go and I'll always feel welcome here. So that, how did I get onto this topic? I don't know, but that is, that is what I see for my brand and that's my vision for it. Um, but of course, there is going to need to be something that connects all of all of us who are different, you know, on the outside but there's still that thread of something that connects us you know whether it's our love for our pets you know my love for baking you know your love for cooking our our passion for our careers and our drive to want to be entrepreneurs and to create a better life you know one of the ideas I was thinking of is maybe you know being a first generation Canadian it's for me been kind of a balancing act and can be difficult at times and it was one of those things I'm like maybe that's something that people could connect on right and so I'm playing around with that idea and then of course I feel like for me I've struggled with you know diet culture and body image issues and stuff like that as well so I was also thinking about that too finding a way to kind of weave that in and that was another thing I'm kind of like going back and forth on because I feel like that is something that people talk about a lot like a lot of different brands I feel like do talk about it like like I was saying with American Eagle and Sports Illustrated and all of these different brands are doing campaigns and things like that to kind of change things and bring awareness to those things so you know do I need to be one more person saying the same thing right I think the only difference there might be is that this would be coming from someone who's actually been through it. And I don't know if the people at Sports Illustrated or at American Eagle are women who have, you know, dealt with body image issues, right? Um, I was going to write a blog and I was just thinking about like body image stuff and I was remembering, you know, when I was younger, I used to punch myself in the stomach. Like this is, it's kind of dark, but I used to, I just hated my body so much. I hated my body so fucking much. And I used to look at myself in the mirror with no clothes on and I used to punch myself in the stomach. Yeah, it's really sad. Like there are a lot of things that I think about when I was like growing up and I just feel so bad for that little girl like oh god I'm so sorry you had to go through that but now it's like whatever but I just think about that like how much I hated myself and my body and I was just so disgusted with myself for like my stomach and my thighs and my rolls and my hip dips and just everything I just yeah just couldn't stand the whole thing 
So I'm glad I'm at a place now where I do feel a lot more confident with my body and I do feel like, you know what, fuck it. I don't always look great and some people might think that I don't have a great body, but this is the body that I have and I'm going to just embrace it and I'm going to take care of it as best as I can and I'm not going to keep like putting things off until I am a certain size or a certain weight or you know have my hair done a certain way or whatever it is I'm just gonna start living that life now and I think that's what's really changed that's what's made me want to do the podcast and start the business where it's like I'm just not gonna wait anymore I'm just gonna like do what I want to do and the embarrassment and the shame that I sometimes feel I'm just gonna kind of put that aside and just step over it and be like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. So, yeah, maybe the body image thing is something, it does resonate with me, so I might try it. And that was the other thing too, where it's like with all of these ideas in terms of understanding who my customer is and what my strategy is to reach her, um, there is going to be some testing involved, right? And so, one of the lessons that I learned as part of that IG Academy is you can measure your results, right? So I can see when I put something up on Instagram or on Facebook and see, you know, how many likes does it get? How many shares does it get? You know, what's really speaking to people the most? And so maybe that's something that I can work on and then test out a little bit. But the thing too is like, I'm not trying to get the highest number of likes or shares. Like I don't just want to be one more person saying the same thing. Like I'm okay with having a smaller group of people that really get me. And I think that's the thing that I really want to kind of build on is like, as long as I have a core group of women who understand what I'm saying, who support my mission and my vision and who like what it is that I'm offering, like that can be good for me. And I don't necessarily need to be this like massive, you know, company or brand. I just need to be able to connect with the people who kind of get what it is that I'm saying. So it's not going to be all about the numbers. But that said, (laughs) I am still going to put all these ideas out there and see how they're received see who comes back at me and see what they say um so yeah we'll see i think just to kind of like summarize everything the competitive analysis was eye-opening i still have more work to do on it i know now who my main competitors are because i have a better idea of who my target customer is and It's up to me to decide whether I want to be the type of business or entrepreneur who does spend a lot of time analyzing my competitors or if I want to be someone who doesn't really spend a lot of time looking at my competitors and I just spend a lot of time focusing on what I'm doing and how, you know, I can best serve my customers. So what I've kind of decided is that for me I do want to have this understanding of my competitors right now and probably for the next like couple of years so that I know 
where I stand in comparison to them. Um, but long term, my hope is that I can be more like Candace from Buttercream and I can have that core group of people who know me and support me and like what I'm providing. And so I won't have to worry so much about competitors at all. But I think starting out, it is important to understand my competitors and to, you know, be able to have those discussions with people when it's like, okay, why should I buy from you when I could get this from, you know, X, Y, and Z. And now I can answer that. There was a really interesting article that I read um, about a blogger. Uh, I'm not sure if she's a blogger or a journalist, but she um, is a plus size woman and she's said that she's always had issues finding clothes that fit. And so she was going to try three different custom clothes, custom clothing companies. So she did Ishakti, Sumisura, and then, oh, I think it's called Rita Phil, something else, another third one. And she didn't really love any of them. There were a couple of things that she purchased which were completely just like awful, like did not fit at all, um, which is disappointing. And I think a lot of that has to do with the whole measurements and sizing thing. Um, but there were a couple of things that really looked cute. Like they looked cute even though the fit wasn't perfect and... I believe it's Ishakti actually provides the option if you get something and it doesn't fit that you can take it to your tailor and they will reimburse you for that cost. So that was an idea that I was like, oh, that's interesting because I could do something like that where it's like, yeah, we have these standard sizes, but we want you to have clothes that fit because that's part of our mission. And so if you take this to your local tailor, hashtag supporting women, um, hopefully your tailor seamstress is going to be um, a woman identifying person. Um, take it to your tailor or seamstress and then have them get it fit for you. Send us the bill and we'll pay for it. So you know, that's really a great option too. And it was really interesting to get her take on the whole thing and that, you know, she was expecting better but yeah it just didn't work out so that kind of made me feel a little bit better about things like yes they are technically my competitors and I'm sure that they have a lot of customers who do swear by them and who find the whole measuring thing okay but that might not not necessarily be um everybody so yeah Okay, so I think that's it for competition, at least for now. I'm going to circle back on this topic probably again before the end of the year, just so I can touch base and see where things are actually going in terms of who my competitors are once I have my product and it's launched. So we're going to talk about this again, friends. Okay, uh, when we get back, I'm going to do my jelly segment. So sit tight. That sounds so silly. Okay, so <laughs> when we get back, I'm going to do my jelly segment. Okay, so <laughs> for this week's jelly segment, I am jealous of a young lady named Terry Green. Terry Green, T-E-R-R-I. She is... um a marketing guru. <laughs> she is um she's started a few different companies. She has sold an app. I'm not sure if she sold her company. I just found out about her within the last few days. So I haven't been able to do a deep dive on all of her history. Um I was actually looking for 
a webinar or something to just kind of start working on my sales and marketing because I feel like that's a big a big blind spot for me like I'm just not very good at it don't feel very comfortable with it so I was just like I need something to get you know better with it and get some training on it so I was looking online um, I looked at Eventbrite to see if they had anything and I saw that she was offering a free webinar and I was trying to find something in Calgary local and it said that it was for Calgary but then I've come to find out that she's not in Calgary she's American I believe maybe in California um, but anyways, it was really great. I feel like I learned a lot. It was specifically for Instagram and she actually started, um, a company it's called the IG Academy, um, where she teaches you kind of like tricks and hacks to increase your social media engagement and following. So she personally has 30,000 followers. And if you look at her Instagram, she does not post very often. I think her last post was in 2019. So it kind of showed me that it's like, okay, she has 30,000 followers and she's not really doing anything with her own personal Instagram account. And I'm pretty sure that's because she is doing all of that stuff with her client accounts because she does show all of these case studies that she's done. And she is still active on social media. Um, I joined her Facebook group. I posted something um, on someone else's thread and I was just like, you know, hey, how long did it take you to get up to 500 subscribers? Because not subscribers, followers, sorry, I'm still new to this shit. Um, so I posted that to someone else's um, question and then the person responded like, oh yeah, it took me this long and this is how I did it, da da da. And then Terry actually um, responded to me saying, hey, I'm going to send you... Um, uh, DM, I'm going to messenger you. And then in the messenger, she's like, check out these webinars on our website. They're going to be really helpful and you can grow your um, follower base that way. And I was like, okay, great. Thank you. And I was like, you know, for you, Terry, like, this is probably like so easy. Um, but for me, I was like, this whole thing is just super daunting for me. And I don't know if I can do it. And she was just like, no, you can do this. You got this girl. She said something else. And she just was very much like, you can do this. This is well within your control. It does seem overwhelming, but you can do this. And I, it just made me feel a lot better. And the fact that she's actually like out there responding to, you know, people on Facebook it made me feel really a lot more connected to her and that was one thing that she talked about too is like you know as you're building your business and your brand DMing is something that you're going to have to do and she said personally for her that she loves doing it it's where you get a lot of feedback you get to connect you get to make friends and I was like you know that does seem pretty cool and then to actually see how she does it it's like no she really does seem to care and she's really good at what she does. Like I purchased their, um, content viral package, something, I forget the name of it, but it has a bunch of information in it and it's really well put together, very professional. And her background obviously is in digital marketing. She's been doing this, I think she said for like 10 years. Um, so that's her background and she's very good at it. And, to me, it's pretty awe-inspiring. And I think that's why I just felt so jealous of her, where it's like, it seems to come very easily to her. 
and she doesn't seem to feel a lot of like hesitancy to try new things to put herself out there and that's how she's obviously been able to become super successful with Instagram and Facebook and all of these things and in one of her in one of her webinars she was saying like yeah um I've joined like 300 or 400 different um Facebook groups so when people tell me oh you know most Facebook groups don't allow you to post links to your Instagram or post links to your website and she's like that is just not true. Some maybe don't, but then find the ones that do because there are thousands of groups on Facebook and you just need to keep looking. And then when she actually showed her own spreadsheet of all of the Facebook groups that she's part of, and then also like, oh my God, it's so detailed. It's like, oh my God, maybe she's a Virgo like me because it's just so perfectly organized. And it's like, these are all the names of the groups. This is when you're allowed to post um, your website. This is when you're allowed to post your Instagram. This is when you're allowed to do this and this and this. And I was like, oh, she's really like about it because it's not just about, okay, you find this Facebook group and you try to engage with people. It's like, you need to know when you're allowed to promote yourself and you need to start promoting yourself. And that's how you are going to be able to get people to engage with you and check out your stuff. And if they like it, then they'll follow you. And it will be it will be more organic because they're not just going to follow you just for the sake of following you for the most part. Some will, but some won't. They're going to check you out first. And if it does seem like something that can be beneficial to them, then they will, right? So anyways, I am so jealous of her because she is so smart. She's so good with social media and marketing. And she just seems like a really cool, cool person, like very open, down to earth. In all of her webinars, she's like, laughing and smiling and like talking to the people in the webinar like oh hey like you asked this question like oh yeah you know this is what I did and this is how you can do it too and just like super open and I think that's probably what I love the most about her is like you just get that feeling of like authenticity and freshness and like you know she could be selling her products for a lot more than she is and I appreciated that as well that she's made it so um affordable for people who are just starting out and you can tell that she really does want to help small business owners and she's also um half black half korean so as a black woman she's really trying to also promote black businesses as well so i thought that was really great too so it was just i was so glad that i found her it was another thing that i was like you know, the universe is smiling down on me. Angela's got my back. Someone is sending these good things my way because it was just the perfect thing, exactly what I needed. And it's been so helpful to me. Um, so I'm part of the group and I hope to continue to engage with the group and engage with her. And then hopefully, you know, at the end of the year, I can let her know like how things are going. And yeah, that her her Instagram growth hacks have been helpful to me. So yeah, Terry Green, IG Academy, um, find her. She has events on Eventbrite and she has webinars and stuff on her website. So check her out. If you need more details, please feel free to um, email me at imjealouspodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram and DM me. I'm at Nikato underscore fit. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening and we will talk again soon. Thanks guys. Bye. Thank you.